0: Today, we are going to wrap up our section on Matthew, Matthew 10. This entire chapter has been the speech Jesus gives the 12 disciples when he sends them out. And thus far, there's been a lot packed into this chapter. Jesus names the 12. That's kind of how things start. He tells them where they're supposed to go, where not to go. He tells them the things to take with them, like how they're to go out. He tells them about the demeanor they're to have when talking with people. And the last couple weeks, we talked about what happens when struggles get in the way. How do you deal with people who just don't want to talk, don't want to listen? How, how do you move on? How do you reconcile all of that? And so today, we have a passage that really, I think Jesus saved some of his biggest bombs for the, the end of this passage. There's, there's, some, there's a lot in here. So let's read it, and then we'll walk through it together. So this is Matthew 10. I'm going to start reading at verse 34. Don't think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I, have come, I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to turn man against father, a daughter against their mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. People's enemies <clears throat> are members of their own household. Those who love father or mother more than me aren't worthy of me. Those who love son or daughter more than me aren't worthy of me. Those who don't pick up their crosses and follow me aren't worthy of me. Those who find their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives because of me will find them. Those who receive me are those who receive you are also receiving me, and those who receive me are receiving the one who sent me. Those who receive a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Those who receive a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. I assure you, everyone who gives a cup of water, cup of cold water, to these little ones. Uh, Sorry, I, I can't read this morning. I assure you that everyone who gives even a cold cup of water to these little ones, because they are my disciples, will be certainly rewarded. Okay, there's a lot to go through here. So we'll just start at the top and make our way through. Verse 34. Don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword. That sounds like the opposite of Jesus, that that what? Now, what this verse isn't is a license to be violent. This is not a license to, we're going to make you become Christians by any means necessary. That leads to crusades. That leads to violence. That leads to hate. But that is not what Jesus is talking about here. What is Jesus talking about? Well, he's talking about people's reactions to the gospel, to his message, to the changes he wants to bring in. Because when you stir something up, you know, when you stir a pot up, you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get some people not responding well. You're going to get some violence that pops up. And I think a key to understanding this passage is we often mistake Peace and quiet. Those are not the same thing. The the best example I could think of was um, from Lord of the Rings. You know, with the new Rings of Power series out, I have just been back in doing a deep dive of Lord of the Rings again. So, for anyone who has watched the movies, we're talking about movies right now, you have the long-expected party, Bilbo's birthday party, he puts on the ring, he leaves, the ring gets given to Frodo, Gandalf tells him, keep it secret, keep it safe, goes off, does some stuff, comes back. In the movie, how long is Gandalf gone? You know, what, what, what's that time frame like? Does anyone remember-ish? It's super quick, right? He, he's, he leaves Bilbo, basically does a quick research to the library, comes back. The books is very different. There is almost 20 years from Bilbo's party to when Frodo leaves the Shire. There's a huge amount of time. Shire's just chilling here, seemingly peaceful, but it's not peaceful because in the world around, people are dying. People are being enslaved. Middle Earth is burning, but just hasn't quite reached the Shire yet. So for them, it's quiet. It's not peace. It's, that's, that's not our problem. It hasn't got to us yet. But if you read the books, when you get all the way to the end, it does get to them. The Shire burns. Because they didn't leave fast enough. They didn't move early enough. So that's kind of a difference between peace and quiet. Peace is actual peace. Quiet is, "Eh, it's not really bothering me too much. I'm not going to worry about it. And I think that's a key difference that Jesus is talking about here. Because Jesus seeks to bring love. Seeks to bring justice. Especially the outcast and the oppressed and when you seek justice for outcast and oppressed you're gonna get a shift in power and those that feel like they're losing power aren't gonna like it right you're gonna get a pushback think about who are the people that fought back against Jesus the most the Roman government the ones that had all the power and the two Jewish sects that had aligned themselves with the Roman government to keep a peace. It wasn't peace, but they were benefiting from it. So the three groups that were in power were the ones that didn't want Jesus coming in and shifting the balance of power. So Jesus knows this, knows this is coming, knows this will continue to happen. And this still rings true for us today, right? Think about American history. Think about the last couple years. What happens when the oppressed cry out? You get pushback. You get violence. I think that's what Jesus is talking about here. Being Christ-like is going to cause an upheaval. And this upheaval potentially will even come from your own family. So again, these verses aren't Jesus saying, be a jerk to your family shun your family that's that's not what's what's happening here what he's getting at is your family's not immune to this pushback you might not agree with everything in your family you might get disagreements in your family i mean we're, we're coming up on the holidays right right uh that thanksgiving throw out a political topic is, are, are we going to have a nice civil discussion with everyone are we going to have a fist bite, potentially, right? How many family gatherings do tensions rise because of these issues? That's, a, that's what he's talking about. Is You're going to get pushback, even within your own family. But as we go on, oops. well, I scroll too far. I always do that. Jesus is promising that this upheaval that's caused in our lives is going to be worth it. Having your lives changed, altered, thrown into disarray because of Jesus, is worth it. And it's worth it for a few reasons. Because one, think about the people you're trying to help, the oppressed, the outcast. You're trying to make life better for other people. You're partnering with Jesus in the renewal of all things. And the other side is the faithfulness side. Jesus calls us and tells us, this is what I want you to do. We want to hear that, well done, good and faithful servant. You want that fulfillment of partnering with Jesus and making that a reality. This passage, it's about being willing to put in the hard work. Being willing to sacrifice, to help be part of the renewal of all things. And this is Jesus saying, if you're not willing to do that, you're not worthy of me. And that... Okay, here we go. So, there we go, yep. And that seems really harsh, right? But it doesn't get... get what, what's going on over here? It doesn't get much plainer than that, though. Because do saying, if you are not willing to go out help those, do what I did, you are not worthy of him. You are not worthy to be called a Christian if you are not doing what Jesus did, living that life, following that example of Jesus. This might be the plainest and harshest I think Jesus is in the entire Gospels. In this passage right here, when he's sending out the 12, saying... This is the call. You either do it, or you're not worthy of me. That's, that's harsh. That's, that's grating. That's challenging. But Jesus ends with a little hope. It's been a lot of doom and gloom for a big chunk of this passage. But it ends with Jesus saying, you are not going to be alone in this endeavor you are not doing this on your own. I'm not sending you out by yourself. There'll be those that will aid you. There'll be those that will help you. I love the little child language he uses down here at the end. You know, the little ones. Referring to us. I love that language. Because parents, those of you who are parents in our audience right now, think about what what you would do for your child what you have done for your child, how you protect them, how you love them, everything you do for them. That's the way Jesus feels about you, about us. We are the little children of Jesus. I love that at the end of a passage that has been very, very heavy, he ends it with that reminder. You are all my children. Not even, you know, children, children. Little ones. You are my smallest children. The one I will hold. The one I will love. The one I will not let fall. So that's the charge. That's what this passage, entire chapter, has been about. Is loving people. If you jump back to earlier in the chapter, I love this. Honestly, this might be the simplest way to think about what our call is. He's Jesus talking to disciples. As you go out, make this announcement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with disease, and throw out demons. This is our call. To love people. Love them completely. Love their souls by spreading the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And love their person. Love them now, helping by doing what we can help them where they are. Notice all of these things, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing those with disease, throwing out demons, those are all things that helped the outcast. Every single one of these people in these groups, as we talked about, would have been shunned from society. They wouldn't have been allowed even in the city. This is Jesus telling the disciples, go to those in the margins. Help. Figure out why they're marginalized. Try to solve that problem. Bring them in. That's the call. Love people's souls, love people's right now. And it's going to be hard, but it's doable. Because as we talked about a couple weeks ago, we have the Holy Spirit with us, guiding us, even guiding our words, guiding us, showing us what to do. We don't have to do anything, the pressure's off of us. We just have to listen to the Holy Spirit, follow that lead. And as Lauren talked about last week, It's doable because we don't have to be afraid, because we have God with us, who's showing us the way, telling us what to do. We can let go of that fear. Not only is it doable, but it's worth it, because we're partnering, helping with renewal of all things, partnering to make this world a better place. And we often sometimes think about like, well, this world is bad, it's broken, but oh, heaven, heaven's going to be good, it's going to be great. And we just don't think about this world. We've written off, given up on this world and just cast everything to the future. When really, it's about making that happen here. It's about bringing up there, down here, right now, and partnering and being a part of that. Not only... Is it hard, doable, it's worth it, necessary? Because, as our memory verse says, those who find their lives will lose them, and those who lose their lives because of me will find them. That's what it is. It's sacrificing in this world. Make this world better, partner with Jesus, to love Jesus and love others. That was the message to the 12 that Jesus had when he sent them out, and that's the message to us today. As we're sent out every single day, every single day, this is the speech Jesus has for us, the challenge, the charge Jesus has for us when we leave our house. So let's take this message and run with it. That's why at River Tree. We call ourselves a missional church. We go out. We go out, we sit with people, encounter people, meet people where they are.